Welcome to Where There Is Hope. Here we offer inspiration and encouragement from the Bible. With Travis Renfro, I'm John Lindsay. We're glad you're here. So the past couple weeks have been pretty rough for me. Nothing's gone my way. It seems every time I try to get something done, um, I I take two steps back. And I just get smacked in the face with something else that that's happened to me. Um, do you think this happens to us sometimes? We get kind of, uh, if I can say, bulldozed by life. Sometimes we just get so wrapped up in things and then things go wrong. Do you ever experience this? Yeah, I was thinking when you brought this topic up of a couple of cliches you hear, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours, bad news comes in threes, you know, those things kind of come about because people feel this way. This happens a lot. And it's really easy to, for me personally, and I've done this this week of having a few bad things happen and then just spiraling and get in my own head. And I'm like, and this, this week in particular with some things with my kids, I just really got in my own head. And so when my wife got back from where she was, it's like, I've got to go for a drive before I lose my mind. Um, it's not that my kids are demons. I mean, they were fine, but sometimes you it just feel, you feel like the weight of the world comes on you whenever a few bad things go against you. So yeah, I, I think everyone feels this. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday that for me, when, when I can't control things, and it's just completely out of my control. It that's when I really get stressed. So I've had several things happen this past week that, uh, like I've I've got some issues with my car, and um, that's really been stressful for me this past week. So, um, but you know, today is the the day that we're recording. This is a Saturday, and as of right now, everything seems like it'll. It'll uh, work out just fine, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have any issues. So a lot of stressing over nothing, um, but, and God's taking care of me here with all of this. But we do this sometimes. We get so stressed out over things, and we feel like we're being bulldozed by all the cares of this world. And what I'd like to do today is look at some scriptures that talk about um, really, really one key passage in 2 Corinthians, where Paul talks about Christians having treasures in jars of clay. So in 2 Corinthians 4, I would like to look at verses 5 through 12, because I believe it captures enough of the context of the uh, discussion for us to understand what he's meaning here. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 12. For what we proclaim is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, 
always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Uh, so first I'd like to start off just asking you a, maybe a silly question. Did you ever take a pottery school? Or pottery school. Did you ever take a pottery <laughs> class or like an art class where you did some pottery? Yeah, when I was really young, um, I think we did, you know, we made a couple things when I was, I mean, maybe kindergarten or first grade. Uh, and when I read this, I, I thought of that. And then I was, I was thinking there's a Christian that lives close to here who does an awful lot of pottery. He makes a lot mm-hmm. of coffee mugs and, and bowls and stuff, and he's very good. Um, and I made something that was pretty not good mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was that age. But they both share some same characteristics. Right? I mean, they're, they're both just as fragile as the other one is. Well, his looks a whole lot better. His is a lot more useful. Um, but they're still, you know, in I guess imperfect and fragile in a way. Yeah, I, I so I took one in elementary school, and I remember we made um, we made something, and uh, I think it was maybe a bowl or something. But you have to mold it with your hands, and then uh, usually it's like this muddy substance, and then uh, a necessary step is you have to put it in a kiln usually for um, like a few days, and it hardens, and then you can take it out of the kiln and use it for whatever you need. But even then, it's still fragile, and it could break. Um, And I was thinking of that and um, how he says here we have a treasure in jars of clay. And I just, I found it interesting that he uses this reference. Um, And before we dive too much deeper into that, I'd like to read another scripture that references this kind of thing. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. Um, Paul writes to Timothy here, he says, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. So... Um, here he in Second Timothy two twenty he says that a clay jar is something that's maybe he says dishonorable use. I think of like maybe common use, everyday use, something that if you had guests you wouldn't bring out. You think of like I don't know if you have a if you're a family that has the fine china or you have maybe gold stuff. I don't know, um, but I grew up. And uh, I, I at least knew people, and we had some, and uh, we even have some now. That there's only there's certain dishes that are used when we have guests, and then we don't use them unless we have guests again. And while I don't um, understand this this sentiment entirely, um, I, I do think that it holds some value here because you see that it's something that represents the the like like Paul says to Timothy, honorable use and dishonorable use. So um, you could you can at least see that distinction between the two. So all of that to say, Paul likens us to jars of clay, not jars of gold or jars of silver, but jars of clay. So the the common you know handcrafted, fragile dishes 
holding a treasure inside. Um, yeah, you made me think of something when you talked about the the dishes that you have that are just for you know nicer guests. Um, in my mom's house, and that's it's still the case today, she has china that's on display. It's not even for use when good mm-hmm. when fancy people come over. Not a lot of fancy people came over <laughs> to our house, but uh, it's just there for display. Um, it's really not useful. I guess it could be, but we've never used it that way. Um, and so maybe taking this analogy maybe a step further than it was whenever Paul wrote it is we're not just for display. We are for use. Mm-hmm. Um, we could put us up in a cabinet and we may look the part, but are we accomplishing anything? I think that's a very good question to ask ourselves. Yeah, if you that's a that's a great question. If you think of like so like for instance, let's say you have cereal every day. You probably have your normal cereal bowl you use every day, and then you might have a fancy soup bowl that you use when guests come over. <laughs> Which one gets more <laughs> use? And um yeah. That's a great question. Are you using are are you are you being productive or are you waiting for opportune moments moments to shine? And I think really the call here is to be productive. That's mm-hmm. a great a great um, draw to this. So um, so when he likens us to jars of clay, you might think, well, um, what does that mean? I think what he's trying to say here is that. If if I can say our hearts are jars of clay, and within those jars of clay is a treasure inside. And why do you think he says that? Uh, it was actually in the text. It was in, uh, oh, I took the verse references out, but I think it's in verse 9 or 10. He says, we are, whoops. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing, oh, sorry, it's verse 7, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What does that mean? I was so tempted to say it means what it says, and it says what it means. Um, but no, I can do well, better. Well, you're right, I guess. <laughs> I can do better than that, I hope. Um well, the point is that you know we. I'm trying to think of a good way to express this. It it, it makes it so that it's not about us. Um, it's not about, and let's just make that more direct. It's not about you. Not about your ability. Um, it's not about the the way that you present something. It's about the treasure itself. Uh, you know, if and again, we'll stretch the analogy maybe a little bit, but if it is a really nice treasure. Just imagine that someone has a bunch of gold coins and they bring it to you in a paper sack. Mm-hmm. Is the treasure less valuable? No. The treasure is still amazing. Um, and you don't care that it came in a paper sack. You're perfectly okay with that. It did the job. So I, I, for this analogy here, I, it helps for the Christians who are reading this and, and maybe even for the non-Christians to understand it. That it's not about us, and it's not about what we can do. It's about what God has done, and that we have the the honor, um, although we are dishonorable, um, we have the honor of of carrying that message. That's a great. I, I really like how you rephrased that to say paper sack and gold coins because I think that really 
maybe resonates with us a little bit more in this day and age. You think about how focused we are on packaging mm-hmm. in, in like all kinds of marketing. Like, uh, for instance, if you purchase a new iPhone, they focus a lot on their packaging. Um, they've got this sleek box. It looks really nice. You open it. There's no like loose pieces of anything. Everything is packaged really nice inside. Um, yeah, I know that's one silly example, but basically anything you buy, they focus a lot on the packaging mm-hmm. and they've got a picture of it on the outside. Their whole point is to make you buy it. And here it's not about what it looks like. It's not about what the people look like. It's what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great point. So you might be thinking, okay, jars of clay can be broken, destroyed, smashed. Just like I was these past couple of weeks, just like Travis talked about being these past couple of weeks. But Paul says here they can't destroy what's inside of us. Um, as he states in this section of scripture we just read, we are afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. And he concludes this section of scripture by talking about uh, what we can do, why, why, why we can do it. So um, he says we can do all this because we are carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. What, what do you think that means? That might sound a little cryptic. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that's a tough one. Um, but, well, let, let's go back to the jars of clay thing again. Everyone who knows you knows that you are human. And by that, I mean they know that you have weaknesses, that you have, um, you have some level of fragility. Uh, you know, if you're your brothers and your parents, they know, they've seen you like when you've gotten hurt and, and had all sorts of problems. They know that. So when they see a strength in you that is unexpected, that's opportunity to glorify God for them and for you. you know, if, if their expectations are lowered because they know who you are, you know, I think about when Jesus said that a prophet um, you know, has no honor in his own hometown because they watched that person grow up. They watched, you know, people watched Jesus grow up. And when he came back, they struggled to accept him for what he was. But... You know, his brothers especially maybe is a great example that after, after the resurrection, his brothers became very powerful within, within the church. And that's because they saw the unexpected strength, but they knew who the, the human being that they had watched grow up, and then they saw God in him. To a lesser extent, that's what we can do. Um, clearly not at the same level as Jesus, but, but we get to carry that same message. So... For us, in, in these fragile bodies, these, uh, and not just the bodies, but you know, our, our mental and emotional makeup, our fragility as, as we are spiritually, you know, we have very limited ability within ourselves, by ourselves. But we remember the death of Jesus, and that death had, and the power of that death, the mercy of that death, the victory of that death. We carry that. Um, and so that makes us, it doesn't make us anything, I suppose, but it, 
we, we, we get to carry that power with us, even though maybe the shell or the, the, the packaging doesn't look very impressive. I like how you put that. We live through his death so that we can show his resurrection mm-hmm. is the way that I read that. Um, and that means so much. It's such a small statement, but it means so much. It, it has to do with how we live and how we act and what our hope is. Um, so I'd like to challenge challenge each of you. Are you carrying the death of Jesus in your body? Um, and are you letting the life of Jesus be shown through your actions? And maybe a good question to ask yourself when, you're, when you are asking yourself that question is to say, have I been transformed? You know, what's the evidence of my transformation? That's what Paul talks about a lot, especially, uh, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and and other passages. Um, The power of Jesus, the power of God in you is transformative. So if you are the same today as you have ever been, then you've got a hard question to ask yourself. Yeah, you shouldn't be the same person. Um, If I take what we've said and try to apply it, that means that if I saw I was living in sin before Jesus... I have no longer live in sin. I've changed the way that I'm living to avoid those things, even though it might be painful, because I have a hope of Christ and his resurrection and what that means, uh, you know, and one day my resurrection with that through his power. So imagine if we had widespread application of this passage, and not just that we, you know, this is a truth in Christians. This is not like a. Um, this is the way that we've been made. So imagine if everyone understood that the power of the gospel didn't lie with them, but it lie it lay in the message itself. I think so. So often we focus on um, our our own selves, um, but let's say that we had such a large number of people understand that we would all be a little bit more humble. We'd all live more like Christ. We'd take courage in disheartening times, and we wouldn't be run down by events like we we talked about in the beginning. I challenge each of you to do what you can this week to remember that uh, you are a jar of clay, you're a paper bag, and um, God's gospel uh, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection is what gives you that treasure inside a jar of clay. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and you'll do your best to share it with friends. Thanks. Thank you for joining us Where There Is Hope. It is our goal to share the hope and joy that we find in scriptures with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us at wtihope at gmail.com. Lamentations 3.24 The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him.